0: Welcome to another segment of Horror and Gaming with Mitch, one of the co-hosts of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, and today I'm going to be discussing The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3, uh, Wild Hunt, came out in 2015. It was released by CD Projekt Studios, and this is a really big game. Uh, As you may know, I'm a huge RPG nut And love things that are fantasy, and I have played parts of the first two games, but this seems to be one of the more popular in the series for sure. And I'm going to be doing this segment in a couple parts because it's so big. And this one will cover what I have encountered in my personal playthrough, and realizing how big this game is, how big the world is, and whatnot. I would that's why i'm doing it in parts so i would like to cover basically this we cover from my entrance in the beginning of white orchard doing all of the white orchard stuff which is a map that you uh, encounter and then also doing the velen the big velen quest lines and such so i will cover some of the monsters a little bit of the plot and what's going on at the moment. And, under, and I may miss some things. So you hardcore Witcher fans out there. Forgive me. Um, so I... Uh, my, uh, it fo- the story itself follows Geralt of, Reveria. of of Reveria, I believe is how you pronounce it. And he is basically tracking down a student of his. Named Ciri. And what basically goes on is he is trying to track down this this woman essentially, because there is a group of, they look, they seem like these, like, sky demon creatures, uh, warriors, if you will, called the Wild Hunt, that are searching for her for some reason, which hasn't been made evident to me as of yet. And if you don't know what a Witcher is, a Witcher is essentially a monster hunter. It's a person who has gone through, like, mutagen changes, they've, like, uh, basically have had their their bodies changed so that they're able to fight these monsters. And these monsters include a whole group of, of different sort of things that, sort of creatures like ghouls, werewolves, wraiths, tons of different horror monsters. And I'll go over a few of them. And uh, the plot so far for me is I uh, went into White Orchard, Ran around doing uh, some of the quests in there. And uh, the first quest of White Orchard is basically you looking for info on where Siri is. You ask the local lord, who recently uh, was part of the winning side of a battle, and took over this area. And he has a problem with a griffin that's there. And this is one of the beginning parts of the game. So you're there with your old master, who is just on this quest with you, and he's getting kind of old and whatnot, and so he's going to help you take care of this problem. Um, One of the cool things about The Witcher is that uh, Geralt sort of plays like a monster detective a lot of the time. So what you'll do is you'll happen upon evidence, you'll use your Witcher senses, which allow you to see tracks or details, and then it'll go into a dialogue screen where he really deeply analyzes what's going on. He analyzes bodies, the track marks where they lead, items on the ground, what it could mean. And it's really a very immersive experience because he's tracking down this griffin. And then he comes to find out that the townspeople tried to attack it and killed its mate, leading this griffin into a basically a angry rage that led to it slaughtering many, many of their townspeople and doing attacks on their caravans and whatnot. And it's it's really it, it was a very a uh, very good intro to the game and whatnot. And some of the other monsters that I encountered were the ghouls, which are these like necrophage like creatures and. After you kill a few of them, you can harvest their remains to make oils that make fighting them a little bit easier. Uh, the Witcher is armed with a, uh, a, a steel sword and a silver sword, and the steel sword is used for killing humans when you encounter human-like enemies, and then the silver sword is used for slaying monsters. It is your monster slaying sword, and usually he'll apply some sort of oil to them, as I previously stated and so we track down the griffin, kill the griffin, return to the lord. The lord tells you where Ciri ended up next. You then end up discussing with another lord later on through some like funny dialogue options, meaning some of the important characters. Uh, Triss is one of them, and she's been in all three of the games as sort of like a, I want to say sort of a love interest in the past two ones for the Geralt character. And uh, so you basically meet up with her, find out that she's um, kind of looking for Siri as well. And she's also a magic user, so she uses portals and whatnot to get around. And that's all very, very interesting. Um, And then once I get to the map of Velen, that was the next map I was allowed to go to. I mean, I could have gone to Skellig or... Uh, I think it's not Novigrad. I cannot remember the next one. In another segment, I'll mention the next area. But I go to Velen, essentially, and I start searching for Siri there. Uh, while I'm wandering around, I encounter Neckers, which are these little tiny... like They're kind of like mini versions of ghouls, but they swarm you with tons of them and whatnot. And it's they're pretty awful. They're very quick and annoying and whatnot. And so in this game, uh, the difficulty is... I have it set at just the story because I wanted to get through the game pretty quickly and didn't want too much of a headache. But to my understanding, you can. These monsters are deadly, dangerous creatures. And they always pretty much feel like that to me. Um, some people are, might also just be better gamers than I am, which is a big thing. But I would say that they always feel very scary. And like you have to pick your battles with them. And all of them, you have to fight a little bit differently. So when I get here, I'm I'm encountering ghouls. I'm encountering neckers, I'm encountering like these, uh, these these bug-like creatures with big tails that spit at you. And then there's the the other ones that are called. uh, I want to say they're like they're like the. They basically are the version of ghouls that explode once they die. They're pretty awful. Um, uh, There's also the drowners, which you encounter in White Orchard as well as in Velen. When you're there and drowners are basically the souls of like dead that died in water who basically rise from the water to take people down to the watery depths to consume them and whatnot. And they're part of some of the plot lines and whatnot because people, you know, wander into the waters and then get killed by them. Uh, And a lot of them are killed by similar ways and whatnot. So, but to the plot in of Velen, after you go there, you encounter this, this man named the Bloody Baron. And, uh, the Bloody Baron is this, he's this, like, fat, drunken, like, like, almost like missing a few teeth, like, wears all red, lives in his little, like, crow, I think it's Crow Peak is the name of his, uh, little, like, fort that he lives at. And he basically oversees the area of Velen, which is Kind of like a very like a swamp land kind of area, a lot of marshes and lakes and rivers that separate that separate small islands and whatnot. And uh, it's a really good setting for horror creatures and not to be to be roaming around. Uh, and his whole deal is that his daughter and wife ran off, and so you get to the understanding that he went into a drunken rage one evening and uh, potentially beat his wife and. Uh, maybe hit his daughter and they just decided that they'd had enough of it and took off. So you go to track them down. You track down the daughter. She's basically joined the group of witch hunters who are like anti-necro uh, magic folk who don't really, do not approve of some of the quote-unquote old ways that some people find where they su- they don't support you summoning spirits or anything like that. They're very much like a religious order in a way and they like follow the eternal fire. And uh, so you find out that his daughter went with them. She is no interest whatsoever in returning to her father. Uh, you bring this information to him. He gives you information on where Ciri is in exchange. So that's a big part of it. Uh, you also get to play some levels as Ciri to sort of see where her adventure goes. And she ended up in Velen, uh, helping a child return to the Barons, uh, to the Bloody Barons, um, his, his fort and she fought off a werewolf and a bunch of wolves and saved this this small girl that lived there and in in return he gave her a place to sleep fed her kept her safe basically while she was there uh later on you'll learn that uh, a basilisk attacked them and in this game basilisks are flying chicken looking things like a giant like green rooster that flies and it's much different than what I understood Basilisk to be, or like your Harry Potter basilisk, or things like that, where rather it's a snake, whereas this pace it's a giant like like uh rooster creature. And so I found that very interesting. She ends up killing it um, after racing the Baron as well and winning his horse from him and all of this all of this good stuff that Siri ends up doing. And then you find out that she went out to the swamp to talk to these, uh, you find out from another, like another magic user living in the area named Kira Metz, who lives in the area that she was seen speaking with the crones, who are these basically three, like a coven of witches, like a three coven, like a triple coven of witches. So there's three of them and the witches themselves are probably some of the more horrifying thing looking things in the game. They are pretty awful um in in the game and whatnot uh i they use dolls and the uh, the things that you would expect them to use and whatnot um and their names are uh brewis weavis and wispis in this game, and uh I don't really remember which one is which, but there's like one who's like missing both of her eyes there's one that looks like she has a she's really fat and has like a basket over her face and then there's one that has sort of has a uh, like a veil over her head and then she has a sack in front that has like two human legs poking out of it and she like strokes the two like human legs whenever she's talking to you and things like that and you end up finding out that uh, the baron's wife ended up making a deal with them to help rid her of a pregnancy that she didn't want you also find out later that uh, a little bit before that that the wife ended up miscarrying due to, like, a beating that she had from her husband, which ended up in this miscarriage which the Baron didn't want anyone to know about, so he just buried it without naming it, which resulted in a botchling being made, which is this horrible little, like, baby creature with, a like, a horrible maw of teeth. And then he has to go through a whole ritual where you have the option of killing it or turning it into a lubricant, which was basically like a spirit guardian sort of deal that could lead Geralt to find where these, where its blood relatives have gone, because it is bound to them by blood, and blood ties are apparently very, very strong in The Witcher series. And so you find this botchling, and basically I, I make the baron, or Geralt makes the baron carry this creature up to his up to his uh, his area and find a place to bear it he has to end up naming it because it's his basically his like miscarried daughter and he ends up having to name it and basically say that he accepts it as his own daughter so that the spirit rests at once and that was a very a very interesting moment uh and when you meet the crones they end up changing his wife, Anna, because Anna went to make a deal with them. She lives with them and takes care of the children that are there. Because it's like an orphanage sort of deal that these these witches oversee. And it was uh, pretty funny because they called it the Trail of Treats or, or the Trial of Treats. Uh, and when you're walking up there, you can find, like, little donuts hanging off of p- bits of wire with, like, ears attached to them and whatnot, and it's all very, very, very fucking creepy. Uh, and then you get there and talk to this crazy lady, you don't even know who she is at first, and then it comes to find out that it is actually Anna, the Baron's wife, who left, and she was believed dead, but she is there, uh, after some time of you reporting this to the Baron, um you find out that they have cursed Anna as her servant. After you do some... You do some uh, quests for them, essentially, where you have to you know, release this spirit or destroy this spirit. I ended up releasing it not knowing what would happen, and it was pretty awful. Like I really regret my choice now because I did not see the true evil lurking within this tree that I had to go to. But after that... They put a curse on her, she starts turning into a hag, so she has like a horrible maw of teeth, and she's like just this awful looking creature. And they try to figure out a way to change her back, so they go to find uh, these dolls in the basement of the orphanage house where the where Anna was staying. And where the crones also keep themselves. And they kind of seem to hide behind a painting of these three beautiful women that are all weaving and casting spells and whatnot. And it's a very, like, old looking, kind of Renaissance looking painting. And uh, they basically, like, come out of that as, like, much uglier versions of themselves. And so after that, you find a doll, a series of dolls that were clearly made for. Uh, cursing people. And you find one of the dolls has a, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it has a flower on it. It has this purple flower. And you remember that the Baron mentioned that his wife's favorite flower was this flower. So you figure that must be her doll. And so you figure that if you take the doll, if you destroy this doll, it ends the curse on her. So you take, I took—I decided to take that doll end the curse on her. She changes back to form, but the last trick that the crones pull on you or on Anna, rather, is that she dies as soon as the curse is broken. So once the curse is broken, it's just the Baron and his daughter standing outside as she gaily says her final words to them, which is like, remember the day at the creek when we were so happy eating berries, and I would like you guys to remember me as that, as laughing with you and being with you. And then she dies. And then later on, you uh, go to... Basically, claim your reward for helping the Baron do all of this. Of course, this is all after he's told you everything about where Siri is, so you don't even have to help him. You could just let him fucking do it all on his own, but you deci- I decided to help him because I wanted to see how it played out. And then at the end, the Baron ends up hanging himself. And it's really just, like, the saddest thing ever, because there's the, he's really, like, the character himself really shows a lot of remorse for all the evil that he's done in his drunken ways. He even gets sober at one point during the storyline, and then eventually he, but he succumbs to his own depression and ends up hanging himself in a tree. Because his daughter won't speak to him, his wife just died, he basically has nothing left to live for. And one of the big things is if you walk up to kind of, like, I guess, loot his body, the one thing you find is the doll that he asks you to return to his daughter, and he's just holding on to that. And it was a really, really sad moment. Um, but I guess at the same time, you're also like, well, he kind of deserved it. But it's this whole it's this whole drama where, where his wife was basically banging some guy on the side the whole time, and then he was basically being really angry about it but because it lasted so long. And then it was basically like both parties in this marriage basically shitting on each other and just being very toxic and whatnot. And so it's, it's really just a, an interesting look into a, a toxic relationship, I guess, if you will, if you want to look at it any deeper than that. But so far, it's really good. Uh, I had to encounter another monster that I'll mention, which I did a whole, uh, there was a quest to go find a werewolf, and the werewolf was had another lover, and he basically the lover knew that she wouldn't accept him, so she lured his true love out into the forest, knowing that he would slaughter her in his bestial rage, and then you end up finding his lair and learning all of this, and then have the option of letting the werewolf just kill her or killing the werewolf. I, of course, am playing good guy Geralt, so I just kill the werewolf instead of letting him kill her. Another one of them, uh, the hardest fight I've encountered so far, I would say, would be the Foglet. And laugh at me, if you will, true gamers, but the Foglet was just a huge pain in the ass. He hits really hard. He like phases into the fog and phases back out of it again without even letting you know. And it's, it's just really like, it's a really tense battle, but I eventually got through it. You know, it just took a little bit of rethinking how you fight the monsters. And that's one of the great things about this game is that you have to take every monster differently. They all have different weaknesses, different spells that work better on their, your like like, Witcher abilities and the Witcher signs, I think is what they're, what they're called. And they all work differently on some of these monsters and some are more powerful against them than others and that is the, and then, well, rather, after that, I find out that uh, Ciri went to Skellig, and so my next part of my quest now is taking a boat to Skellig to find out where Ciri went, so that will be the next, the next portion, and then I'll do a part two, and I'll discuss what I encounter in that section of the video. Thank you so much for listening, this has been a segment, I'm Mitch, have a good night.